Hey everybody, Steve here with Local Level Podcast. I'm sitting here today with Annie and Donald Farrell mm-hmm. of Annie's Resale for the World. Uh, it's a pleasure to have both of you on. Thank you so much. Thank you, Steve. Thanks for inviting us. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, after hearing about your story and, and what it is that you uh, do, uh, I had to have you on because uh, it's uh, some, some very important work that you're doing. Can you tell us a little bit about Annie's Resale? Sure. Uh, Donald and I founded Donnie, Annie's Resale for the World <laughs> in uh, 2012. And we had a desire to raise some funds for some people we had met around the world who were serving the extreme poor. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to combine my uh, long-held love of resale and consignment shopping with uh, a funding that would have a ripple effect that would benefit other people. Well, it definitely has, and you have the uh, the pictures to prove it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we were talking about when we were on the phone was that uh, it, when you actually go into the shop, you have pictures of some of the lives that you've changed around the world um, on the walls. Yes, we do. We have lots of enlargements. <laughs> um, we're located at 2120 uh, Plum Grove Road mm-hmm. in Rolling Meadows between Kirchhoff and Euclid, and uh, we're open uh, Wednesday through Saturday close Mondays and Tuesdays, and we uh, are in our eighth year of business and really, really excited about it. Yeah, well, eight years in business, that's a, a, a feat in itself. Um, what do they say, the, the first the first and the, the third, and then I guess every other That's year. right. That's right. <laughs> that's what people kept warning us about. Yeah, I, I think that uh, when you're at eight years, you, you've kind of uh, seen your ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Um but it looks like you're 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 doing it right. You know, we feel like uh, the machine is working. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. We created this machine where people donate uh, nice things to us. We present them for sale. We sell them in our shop, mm-hmm. and then we can turn around and uh, speak to our. We have seven partners, and we have uh, six overseas and one in Chicago. We ask them, "What do you need? What's uh, in the forefront for you right now?" And then we send a check. So the machine is definitely working. We're very, very pleased. Well, that that's uh, that's great to hear. And um, so, so what can people expect to see when they walk through the door? Ooh, before I let Annie uh, go <laughs> on that, one of the things I like to tell people, Steve, is that when you open the door at twenty one twenty North. Everything you see, the paint on the wall, the electricity, the car, everything, the clothes, the donations, the housewares is donated. We have loyal customers. We have people who are not customers who are donors Mm -hmm. and give out of their hearts for the poor. And I think that mission, which we'll talk about uh, throughout this broadcast, yeah, really carries people into committed kind of giving. So when you hold hold that kind of uh, truth and walk through the store, it really, to me, still eight years later is a wow. Yeah. And we did try to make it uh, boutique-like. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're small. We're about 1,500 square feet. We feature uh, primarily women's clothing, accessories. Uh, We have some men's clothing and kids' clothing, housewares, things like that. Mm -hmm. But we wanted to present a nice, clean, organized shop with good quality merchandise that was presented well 
And uh, we wanted our shop to be a place of welcome mm -hmm. and support and encouragement for people. Uh, and so the pictures on the wall represent what we do uh, around the world and what we do locally. And we just wanted to, we, we want those visual reminders out to let people see what we're doing. What's always interesting about these types of things, um, you know, there's a lot of people that accept donations and there's a lot of businesses that, that do similar things. There's a lot of clothing stores, but um, a for purpose model is uh, is always interesting because you're not doing this to get rich. <laughs> no. <you know>? um, <laughs> you're not doing this to get rich. And, um, you know, it's 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 something that people talk about what can i do you know people people want to make a difference people talk about well what can i do is there something i can volunteer is there something i can you know whether it's money or time um but for a lot of these organizations that you donate to you can't see the results you know you can't look on the wall and see the picture of the kid wearing the t-shirt that you know got donated last week you know um or, you know or last month or whatever and um it that that's a that's a huge difference because you know like i said you have the pictures on the wall to prove it it's like the receipts mm -hmm. you know so let's go back a little bit what got you into the state of mind what uh did you go through in life that got you to the point where you decided well you know what i think this is what i need to do with my life it's all his fault <laughs> <laughs> she keeps blaming me mm. Donald, tell about uh, how you first started when we met and your trips to Cambodia and how you got me started and all that. And I'll jump one more. There's someone i got to blame that I've never met yet in person, and that's uh, Annie's mother <laughs> raised her mm. in the resale shops on the North Shore. Yes, she did. <laughs> and taught her the ups and the downs, the ins and the outs of resale shopping. So it was in her fabric and in her nor mm -hmm. before I introduced myself and tried to uh, uh, share some amorous concerns <laughs> that uh, were expressed. Uh, Annie, after that? Well, um, we both traveled around the world. Um, we were working for international uh relief agencies that were serving the extreme poor, mm -hmm. mostly people living under a dollar a day. So collectively, we've been to Cambodia, Thailand, Burma, Russia, Haiti, Kenya, and Uganda. Wow. And our board members have been to uh, uh, India and uh, several other places. So collectively, we settled on six small, basically six uh, smaller mission partners, some are larger in scale, mm -hmm. who are serving the poor in their own cities and towns and uh, communities over, overseas, and then one in Chicago by the name of New Moms, they help at-risk young women who uh, have had a baby and need some mentoring, some support on how to raise a baby and how to create a healthy family. Mm -hmm. So as a result of those events, um, we started the shop to, to get them some support. Annie mentions New Moms, and one of the things that captured our heart, uh, I actually worked with a colleague who was the CEO of what became New Moms. Mm -hmm. And uh, the girls are often addicted. Uh, a good explanation to keep a long story short about their 
uh, backgrounds is they have fallen through the sewers of all the social service agencies yeah. in Chicago. They have failed at foster care, adoptive care. They've been homeless. Uh, they've been addicted to many different kinds of things, behaviors as well as substances. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for that reason, they're seen as total failures by the police, by the right. social service agency and the judges. Mm-hmm. And one of those women actually achieved getting the home open years ago. And now a federal grant that was uh, sent by Barack Obama to the city of Chicago gained for them a uh, police training center on the west side of Chicago. Hmm. An architect came forward and created apartments, and these girls have a great chance Wow. At rehabbing their life, they have a business internal to their residence. They learn how to run a business. They put it on their resume. Uh, it's an absolutely exceptional uh, mission, and we were really happy to include them in the group of uh, missions we were helping to support. New moms. We wanted to serve locally as well as internationally. Um, yeah. And if I could, Steve, you were asking about how we got started. Yeah. Um, we uh, wanted to find a place in this area, and we started looking. We looked in a lot of different areas. We found a, a home for us, and the uh, property manager, we actually became friends. She treated us very well. And um, we started with just this empty, it used to be the Pepperidge Farm outlet. Mm. Oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, right up the road, and it was this big, empty, white rectangular box Mm -hmm. one of our board members fortunately is a carpenter so he would say draw what you want and we'll build it so he did the shelving uh donald worked with a lot of the guys to get the carpeting down the dressing rooms built the back room built and it came out beautifully and then we went to all our friends and say and said give us your really good stuff so we can sell it so we filled the store one saturday we opened up the store in october of 2012 and we sold things. And <laughs> from that point on, it's, it's, we've never been empty of donations. Um, we've had some lean years, as you sure, know, small course. businesses, you know, you get on those, those waves of challenging years. Yeah. But um, we're, we're actually, our sales are getting stronger, our donations are getting stronger, and our gifts to our partners are getting a little bigger. So we're That's really, great. really excited about that. Yeah, you know, I mean, when, whenever you're in this type of thing um, and you, you have to decide where the money is going to go, that has to be a difficult decision because there's only so much to go around. How do you decide? <laughs> With prayer. Prayer. <laughs> okay. And we're not kidding. Yeah, I believe you. Um, that's the toughest board meeting of the year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Lively, when I say tough, lively with the different opinions and um mm-hmm the sense of need uh, around the world. And um, I can tell you over eight years, I wouldn't have done a single check different after the outcome of where we sent, Hmm. what the Lord blessed us with. And uh, people by vote on the board are very happy with it. So they, they do count on us to, because we communicate with the partners Mm -hmm. pretty regularly, several times a year, or more, and we ask them, what's what's your most pressing need right now? 
we write them all down, we ask them for facts and figures, and then we see, you know, we always say we have to cut our profit pie in seven pieces. Mm -hmm. So um, we just, we try to delegate fairly evenly among the seven. Some years, you know, there's just like the crisis in Syria. We have a partner in Syria who's helping refugees, uh, you know, after ISIS blows up a town, they go into the town and they buy water and mattresses and food. That's a that's a real, you know, emergency need. Yeah. So, um, but we do try to to uh, do the disbursements evenly, and if we are a little short with one partner, we try to make it up the next year. But um, we we do try to share um, with everyone, and the beauty is sometimes, you know, just. Even a five thousand dollar check can make a big change overseas. Absolutely, I can and, imagine. Yeah, yeah. so um, it, it's exciting for us. But we have been able to. As a matter of fact, I just read a journal of mine from eight years ago, and we had been open for two months. Oh yeah, and That's, we were. And I wrote a hundred and fifty dollar check to each of our partners. You know, just. It was like the first gift we were able to give in eight she weeks. She cried all the way through that. <laughs> it was wow. out of joy. I was like, it works, it works. <laughs> so um, it was very exciting. And now, you know, our, our, our giving varies with the sales. And, and we also give from uh, fundraisers and mm -hmm. uh, direct checks. We always tell people, if you write us a check and you have a particular country or a particular project on your heart, we will give 100% of your check to that project. Wow. So, that's that's a claim that not a lot of people are willing to make. Yeah. We can't do that with every penny of our sales, but we can definitely do that with donations. Wow. Uh, uh, Steve, i got to tell my wife here, uh, she mentioned the word heart a moment ago. And she has such a heart uh, because don't, uh, customers have seen what I'm about to tell you. When our partners, husband and wife and children, are in town and at the store, we open up the store to their personal needs. Mm. And they can take shoes and pants and shirts and coats and gloves, which they don't have for themselves or their children, and be blessed. Right. I'll be real clear, not pay for it. Yeah. It's our gift. <clears throat> the store's, excuse me, <clears throat> the store's gift to them. And that word gets out yeah. as the customers see that kind of heart being expressed by Annie's Resale. And it's real contagious. People oh, yeah. tell people. And so some of the new customers come in and say, I've heard stories about you. Mm. And uh, it, it's beautiful when those stories are an open heart caring for people who otherwise wouldn't have one short story. One of our partners from India actually came in and didn't have money when he got off the plane to buy his son a Coke. Mm. And uh, which also meant he didn't have money to buy dinner or breakfast the next day or whatever. And so we have a uh, little pot of gold, Annie, what's the name the of blessings it? The, the Blessings Jar. The Blessings Jar. Which we use that people can give out of their heart for the poor and give to our partners. And that helps fund their stay when they're here in the States. And it works really, really well to advance the store and the mission of the store one step further. 
if, well, I, yeah, if I could tell one quick story about things sure. that happen in the atmosphere of the store. I'm always excited when one of our partners, like our Kenya partner, or our Haiti partner, or our India partners, when they're in the shop, because yeah. it helps people connect the dots. Like, oh, these are the people we're supporting. Yeah, yeah. Um, so one time, uh, we have a gal uh, who lives in Palatine. She's Guatemalan-American, and she goes to Guatemala and brings uh, clothing to the poorest hospitals in the country. To She goes right to the maternity wards. So she was telling me the story about a young couple in Guatemala that were in the hospital. The wife had just had a baby, and they had no baby clothes. Mm. And the nurse went up to the husband and said, you're going to have to go outside and pick out some leaves to wrap your baby in because it's time for you to go, and we don't have any clothes. We don't have anything to give you. And Enid is telling this story to me at our front counter, and one of our customers heard it, came up to me in tears and said, I will crochet blankets for those babies. Wow. And she did. And so Enid then took the blankets down, and we have pictures of Enid with the baby blankets. So the customers hear all this, and they're, and, and they're, they're taken with it. They get it. They make the connection. So it's, it's really exciting. Well, you know, I mean, the, the stories that you're telling almost seem like a fairy tale. Yes. You know, it, it doesn't even seem like a real thing. You hear all day about all these negative things going on, um, you know, here and over there and everywhere. And uh, we don't really hear about uh, these 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 good stories uh, as much. And when we do, I don't think people really believe that it's actually real. Right. I, I could tell you uh, one more quick story. Yeah. And he told you about the knit. Um, there's folks in Central America mm -hmm. taking wedding dresses and making burial gowns for yeah. babies who haven't made it to full term in birth. That's the and woman in Wheeling, yes. Woman in Wheeling. Yes, resting in his arms. And uh, that's just extreme. I saw yeah. some of those uh, burials, uh, I don't know what to call them, dresses, garbs. Yeah. Yeah. And they're beautiful. Yeah. And that somebody thought about doing that uh, for the mother who just lost that baby and for the father and family who just lost that baby yeah, is fantasy. Had no idea, Steve, when we opened Annie's Resale for the World that this kind of network that we're talking about right now was going to extend the goodness and the graces of the mission right. of the store all around the world. And another thing that you brought up when we were talking on the phone was the fact that for you it is a faith a faith based thing. Yes, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's that, that for you, but that's not necessarily um, the 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 focus of it. The focus is what you what you provide and and the work that you do. And you partner with people of all different faiths and absolutely, um, you know, from all different people across the world. Um, when you started, like you said, you didn't really think that it was going to get to where it is now but where did you think that it was going to go we hoped <laughs> we hoped that um and we still hope and pray today that um we can expand our giving to our partners we'd like to limit it to seven because that's a lot that's a nice number too yeah it's a nice number you've yeah. got six overseas one local um the gift in kind the local things we do are, are fun as well but um we you know we've thought about 
because people say, well, you have to get a bigger store because, you know, you guys are doing so well and or you have to start selling furniture. And, you know, but that means um, we'd love to. We would need more funding to, right. you know, pay for some staff and pay for some more uh, rental space and mm. drivers and things like that. But um, right now, with the resources we have, uh, we, we can only handle the size that we have. But people keep saying you should. As a matter of fact, someone uh, offered us some free um, square footage for Annie's number two. I almost had a heart <laughs> failure. I was like, <laughs> I wish I could, but I don't think I can do it. I don't think we can do it right now. But uh, we're open to it. You know, whatever, whatever opens up for us and whatever we have funding for, we will do. And I have to say real quick, Steve, our organization is primarily run by volunteers. Yes. I'm the executive director. We have one part-time store manager. But we have a team of women who are so hardworking, and we are not spring chickens, okay? I'm 65. A lot of our, uh, our, our volunteers are in the 50 to 60 range. I don't think they'll mind me telling you that. <laughs> and um, they work hard. You know, it's, it's really labor intensive. You know, you're sorting through hefty bags and boxes of donations every day and you're lifting and moving and standing and stooping and bending and waiting on customers. And without our team of volunteers, we would simply not be in existence. Yeah. They're like gold. And I tell them that all the time. Without them and what they do, we have a specialist in jewelry. We have a specialist in housewares. We have specialists in clothing. We have specialist people who are just good organizers. Yeah. They know how to spatially organize us in our smaller uh, spots. And mm -hmm. display. And display. Yeah, merchandising. Oh, my gosh. Merchandising. So without them, I cannot be remiss in saying that without them, we would not have been in existence I don't know. It's it's volunteers are amazing. Yes, it's, yes. A, it's amazing because people um, will give their time, and time is much more valuable than than dollars. You know. And, oh my gosh. Um, but these people, a lot of times, they they could probably use the money. Mm -hmm. You know. Absolutely. <laughs> so, and I sure wish I could pay them all. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. But uh, you know, for for people that are uh, around listening, um, what can they do to volunteer? Is there anything that you you can use a hand with besides just dropping off clothes? What what can people do uh, primarily to help you? Um, that's a really good question. There's a, several ways. Um, absolutely, volunteering, uh, even if it's an hour or two a week, just to be among people and serve a good cause. Um, it's fun. If you if you'd rather work in the in the background as opposed to the front of the, the store, you can certainly do that. Mm -hmm. um, so we do need volunteers. I, I, I could use help with things like social media, marketing, right. you know, those types, of, like you. Right. God bless you. <laughs> um, and we can use help with um, with donate, donation of items for mm -hmm. sale. Because we are small, we try to put a good quality item out. So we, we uh, ask for people for gently used clothing and uh, materials and things like that. Mm -hmm. And um, we're excited by the high school requirement that uh, yes. students have to yes. have certain number of social service hours before they graduate. Yes. And well, that has been rich for them and rich for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can imagine. It's uh, it's a great program. And believe it or not, I actually... Um, I had two teachers, one from Rolling Meadows, one from uh, Hersey. Mm -hmm. uh, and what they're doing is they're building tiny homes for vets. 
They're, uh, they're wonderful. Yeah, they're teaming up with uh, a foundation called the Nine Line Foundation, and uh, they have the kids uh, in class uh, actually learning skills, you know, building skills and, you know, uh, uh, actually building building tiny homes. So, I love that. Yeah. I love that. So that was a great project, and, and I love the fact that uh, – because I went to both. I, I went to school out here, but I went to school in the city, and there's a huge difference. Hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, especially then – um, but now there's, that's part of the curriculum is, is, is given back and given some sort of uh, charity. And I think it's so helpful, uh, for the kids to actually get a chance to operate in the real world. Yes. You know, I mean, just those experiences of being behind the counter, interacting with customers, um, you know, organizing, seeing how a business runs, seeing what the, the problems are, cleaning up. You know, all those things are, are huge, uh, uh, valuable skills that are, are uh, you know, so, you, so you're you're doing positive things on both ends. Yes. You know, young people particularly are interested in humanitarian aid, social justice, uh, all of those issues. And we work with Fremd High School and Schaumburg High School in, mm-hmm. in this area. Um, we love the young folks that come in and... Some of them are really taken by what we do. Mm-hmm. They tell their families about it. And they, they do get a good experience, you know, ringing up customers, waiting on people, um, being responsible. You know, if you're not coming in, please text me, right, that type right. of thing. So uh, it's really a win-win for us and, and for them, I think, these kinds of programs that allow for the volunteer experience. I love that. I love that. And um, right. I think there's a huge value in the fact that they see – the actual people that have it much worse than they do. Oh yes, and see the difference and how 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 um, fortunate we are to be able to live where we are living. You know, um, all the rhetoric aside, all the politics and all those different things, we have it pretty good. Oh yes, we do. You know, and uh, we're we're in a position even. You know, I mean, uh, not to minimize people's problems, but even some of the the worse off people in our culture have it ten times better. You know, than, uh, than than people around the world as far as disease and, and access to clean water and things go. And uh, um, the question that we're discussing right now is, what can people do? Right. And an interesting little twist on that answer is, very close to us, there's a warehouse called Feed My Starving Children. Yeah. And they're packing food for starving kids around the world. Mm-hmm. We experienced through Warm Blankets Orphan Care, where we both worked years ago. Now known as Kinship United. Now known as Kinship United. Thanks for this uh, <laughs> commercial. Um, needing food in Cambodia. And today there's hundreds, if not thousands, of orphans depending and leaning, uh, leaning on the food that's packed here in Schomburg. Yeah. Uh, we're excited that some of our people who not only are involved in the uh, store but involved in a church that we're involved in and others that they attract go over and pack food for starving kids. Mm -hmm. And then it's just hands off. It's like you're getting the impact of what you're doing and the staff there is so excited Mm -hmm. about what they're accomplishing. Every five minutes there's an announcement in that one of the most exciting things going on in our community. And I would 
it, it, it's joy to be able to share that kind of um, strength in yeah. serving. Uh, way back, Steve, uh, if I was to reminisce just a, a moment, uh, I had a sense back in college that a life verse was that the Son of God came to serve, not to be served, and give his life as a ransom for many. And my greatest joy is serving. Mm. It's not being stuck in a building. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, either of uh, worship or behind office or whatever, uh, but serving the people who need to be served. And you also said uh, not to not to cut you off, but you, you uh, before we turned on the cameras, you were mentioned, or I think you mentioned that you work in the uh, correction. Uh, system prison prison ministry yes prison can you tell me a little bit about that for a second yeah Koinonia House Ministries was actually uh, founded uh, founder was Chuck Colson right. okay and uh, he partnered up with Manny Mill who is still CEO and leading uh, Koinonia House Ministries now and we serve prison families and prisoners going into prison while they're in prison and when they're coming out which is a very difficult community adjustment kind of challenge yeah and across the nation the recidivism where men and women are returning at a very high rate like uh, 75 percent is often a low estimate um, we try to help get them connected to local churches local businesses get working get a job getting a acceptable living arrangement yeah so they can stop the downward cycle that's taken their life back into prison again right and it is difficult yeah yeah I, I can attest I I, uh, I know much about that and it's uh it's one of the things about that is that you know you feel that hopelessness you know when you get out of those things you know yes. the hopelessness and you feel like everybody's rooting for you to fail you know, for the most part, you know. You know, the beauty of this uh, ministry under Manny Mill is that they see someone through all the way from the day that they're convicted and driven to prison yeah. to the day that they are released and they have the program called Meet Me at the Gate. Oh, wow. Where they meet someone at the gate the day they're released yeah. and try to stand beside them for that adjustment back into the real world as yeah, it is. Yeah. And uh, it's a, it's a beautiful ministry. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, it's uh, for, for, for many of these people that you're, you're helping and, and um, you know, providing things to it's, it's uh, people, they're forgotten people. They're, they're, they're overlooked. They're, they're marginalized because of yes. uh, either just the location they were born, yes. the politics in that place. Uh, and that goes for here too, you know, I mean, for, for a lot of the people that are in the, uh, you know, the prison system, it's, it's because of lack of, uh, education, mm -hmm. you know, it's a huge cause, but the, the, uh, the family situation was bad, you know, and you gotta, you gotta live. And sometimes, you know, in, in places in the city in particular, you know, you, the way to survive is to do things that aren't illegal or exactly. aren't legal. And um, when you get out, you're even in a worse position because you you have nobody and you have a you have a, a conviction, and, you know. Uh, so a record. Yeah, you have a record, mm -hmm. so it's it's hard to get back on your feet, getting yes. a job, and you know, taking care of your family if you have one, and just taking care of yourself. So, you know, having somebody in your corner um, is is very very valuable. Just knowing people are there that care. 
And we have people in our lives, you know, people we know who've done their time. They've, they've um, paid their dues. They, right. they want to pick up. They, they've repented of whatever happened, and, and they just want to get back with their lives. So, right. yes, it's a hugely important issue <laughs> Absolutely. in a yeah. ministry. Um, Steve, if I could mention one thing as we're talking about um, the store and the stories and everything, there are some people who come in who just want a good deal on a dress. Sure, you know? And there's nothing wrong with that because yeah. I've been reselling for 45 years. I like a good deal on a dress too. <laughs> but but then there's little things like we have a glass counter in the store and I have a Nature Valley granola bar wrapper under the glass and people come up and they point and they go, what is that? I said, well, there's a little story about that. I was in Uganda, in a rural village in Uganda, and our team leader said, I want you to split off in twos, and we're going to have a local person go around and just show you about village life in Busia, Uganda. Yeah. So we did that. We had a tall, grandfatherly gentleman. His name was Oyeda. And so he's taking us around and showing us the village, and um, he says, can we stop at my house? And we said, sure. So we go into his house, and it was him, his sister, and his wife. Mm -hmm. And he made kind of crude wooden furniture, and he was showing us the furniture and saying, this is how I make a living. And all of a sudden, these little kids come in, and they're a little barefoot. They've got their little school uniforms on, and they're looking at us. You know, some of these kids had never seen a white person in their entire life. So they're like, who <laughs> or are a these? Blonde, or a blonde. Worse. Right, yeah. <laughs> so um, Oyeda says, oh, these are some friends from the U.S., and they've come to visit us. And I just said, have, you, have the kids eaten yet? And he goes, well, they'll, they'll eat at some point today. Mm-hmm. So I had a granola bar in my in my backpack, and I took it out, and I said, can I give the kids a piece? And he said, sure. So I'm breaking off little pieces of this granola bar, and the little kids, you know, go like this and cup their hands, so I'm putting a little piece into each hand, and I turn around, and Oyeda and his sister and his wife have their hands cupped out, and I'm thinking, okay, six people in this house are hungry. They're hungry. So... You know, you, you feed six people with a Nature Valley granola bar. And, Donald, you have uh, your granola bar story in Haiti with uh, Pastor Stanley, if you could tell that um, when you were with Pastor Stanley. Oh, if I could change the story. <laughs> sure. Um, we were doing some work in Haiti, and one of my mission trips there, uh, we went to evaluate a pilot project feeding program that was going on in rural schools. And when I say that, uh, they're barely schools. Right. They're grass and rope and wow. tree branches tied together with a tarp thrown over the top. And that's the school wow. with hone out benches from trees that are barely adequate enough to support two or three kids. And... Uh, the mission the church tries to raise money to pay a teacher to come in and teach the kids but there is no feeding program and the problem is those kids are starving to death the orange hair the huge pain in the stomach the distraction of all of what starvation causes and they cannot learn it's just that simple they cannot learn so uh the first visit to a school was a school that was being fed, and those kids wore blue uniforms. And uh, the kids were normal kids. 
discipline problems. Yeah, right. Somebody wanting to play in the monkey bars, and there was the side wall of the school, and pushing and shut all kinds of yeah. normal, healthy, good, uh, problem-based kids' behavior. And uh, we. Uh, told them how much of a pleasure it was to visit them and how exciting it was for us to uh, send food to them and that kind of thing. And they could expect that we were going to send more. And we were also talking to the administrators. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the pastors involved in the feeding program took us to another school. And those kids, all the kids, wore pink uniforms. Uh, and these kids were not being fed. Mm. And it felt the whole school atmosphere, classrooms, felt evil. It was painful to be there because the kids were in so much pain. It's it was misery. So obvious. The orange hair, the distorted, uh, affected skin that was not healthy and things like that. They couldn't bear their pain. They were bent over because... Uh, the discipline was so extreme to try to keep them under control that they didn't dare jump around or leave the school or anything like that. But they didn't have any feeding program. And I just came back absolutely brokenhearted. Yeah, I can imagine. And said, that's not right for anywhere in the world, anywhere in the world not to have food. Um so when I came back from that trip, uh, I picked up a telephone thinking I was going to start doing that all on my own, and I think God was ahead of me. And within, I think, 48 hours, there were four churches that were funding a school program, and in about two weeks, we raised over $100,000 to feed that all the schools who were not being fed in that rural program for the rest of the year. And then the next year and the next year, those funds came in also. Um, so it was really exciting and we're still partners with uh, that mission. That's uh, Jerusalem Baptiste de Pignon, mm -hmm. a uh, Christian uh, church that doesn't limit its services to just Christians, but to people yeah. uh, that they feel like God's people. God's created all people. Right. And they have some great ancillary uh, missions that they do in um, uh, the capital of Haiti and uh, serving disabled people who are crawling along the ground because they don't have the money to get services for prosthetics and that kind of thing. And uh, it's just a great mission. Donald has uses the phrase indelible pictures in the travels that we've done you just we haven't traveled in 12 15 years either of us overseas but the the things we saw and the people we met and the little granola bar moments yeah. <laughs> pink kids blue kids and uh, so many stories they're indelible it's like they just we couldn't forget about them and we thought, and so then that's why we went to work for these agencies that were helping, right? Um, because they had vehicles and resources to, you know, fundraise, as Donald says, for the feeding program, and that was through uh, Bright Hope. And um, so we just couldn't forget about it. So we thought, well, what can we do in our own simple little way to um, get some money to them? 
Mm-hmm. And now we have, and, and the thing we love about our partners is we tell people, because our Kenya partner said to us once, he said, the thing with American people, what they say to me is that the need in the world is too overwhelming. Right. We don't know who to trust. We don't know what organizations to trust. We don't know if we're going to make an impact or how we can make an impact. But with it, but he, he always tells them, just do one thing. Right. If everyone in America did one thing for one person, one family, one neighborhood, one community, one country, whatever, yeah. the ripple effect would be fantastic. Well, this, come, this came up, uh, all, all three interviews, all three people that I talked to today, all, I mean, you count as one, I guess, mm-hmm. um, have brought that up, that, that it's hopeless. People think it's hopeless. Oh, there's right. just too much, you know, right. we can't do it. It's not even worth it. Right. Um, but yeah, it, you got to start somewhere. You got to right. do something because that's how things get done. That's right. You know, that's and, right. And, and that's that's uh, that's the moral of the story. Right. Um, there's endless stories because there's there's as long as there's the the ability to give and the and the, and the willingness to to give and you know give back to to less fortunate people and there's people like you that are willing to facilitate that and you know uh, spend our time and, and organize then then people will get help but. What what we're talking about here is you can go down the street to your resale shop and buy something that you would buy at another store, something mm-hmm. that's great for a great price. Mm-hmm. You're going to save money, but the money that you're actually giving you, it's going to save people's lives. Right. You know, exactly. it, and, and that's that's so powerful. And I will say that there's a lot of beautiful causes in all of the nonprofit stores around here or anywhere I've been. Sure. Some help with domestic violence, some help with homelessness, crisis pregnancy, uh, women's empowerment overseas. Sure. So um, we're certainly not the only one, and we're certainly not the biggest one, probably sure. one of the smallest. But if every person just does something, you know, just whatever, with whatever you have, the ripple effect, I think, in our in our world would just be so much more powerful. And we do have the power to do it. Yeah. I mean, Donald and I, I, I he kids me, he wanted to call our store Swan Resale, which means started without a nickel. Yeah. Because we literally started without a nickel. I like we, that. We yeah. didn't borrow a penny. Everything was volunteer. It was built voluntarily. Mm-hmm. The, the contents that we sold were voluntarily, voluntarily received, and we really did start without a nickel. And thank now, God the name was taken. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're in year eight, and uh, we do what we can do. You know, just little things like uh, for six thousand dollars, you can build a playground for kids in Uganda that they've never had. They've right. never had anything decent to swing on or a slide or, you know. Yeah, so be a kid, just to live. Be a kid, exactly. Yeah. Too worried about finding food. Yes. That uh, that playground has beautiful background to it. Yeah. Um, Butch and Jennifer Dodds-White, whose kids graduated from University of California, mm-hmm. Uh, and went and joined mom and dad in doing their mission in Kampala, mm-hmm. Uganda. Uganda. That playground, Steve. Kids of every religion you can think of, and then some, <laughs> come to that school. 
walk miles and miles and miles through territory that is so unsafe from kids being stolen and put into child slavery that parents have to walk them to school, mm-hmm. sit and wait for them. And if they're, um, if they're coming home Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, uh, they have to wait for them. And so we help build kind of a sun-covered uh, patio so parents could sit in the safety mm. from the sun and talk and fellowship together a little bit with each other while they waited for their children. Wow. Those kids, some of those kids, are Muslims under Sharia law, and their parents risk being killed and their child taken back and put in an ashram. Um, and never return to them because they're raising them wrong. And there's Bible taught, Christian Bible taught at that school on Thursday nights to those who will attend. And guess what? There's no problem. Because everything else is so okay in the value of an education and the way people are being treated compassionately and with grace and favor and fervor, there is no trouble. While it surrounds them and readily available. Uh, and I can't tell you what a joy it is for me to be a small part of service to that school program. And by the way, because of Annie's poured out efforts, they named that playground Annie's Playground. <laughs> wow. They sent me a picture. The kids made this little wooden plaque, and I was—I opened my computer and I opened the picture, and I just went, "Oh my god!" But you know what you were saying, Steve, about how fortunate we are. We, our partners, have dealt with the likes of Idi Amin and Joseph Kony in in Uganda and Pol Pot in Cambodia, and just these these horrible, dictatorial, oppressive situations where they had no freedoms and they lived in fear and you know just any little relief that you can bring people means a lot because they we we do have it easy we have so much freedom and and we don't even realize it i didn't realize it until i went overseas and saw it for myself it's 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 just eye-opening sometimes when you when you hear stories about things that you know these stories, like I say, it's it's so extreme. These stories that mm-hmm. you don't even really believe that it's real, mm-hmm. and it it is. Mm-hmm. It really is real. Yeah, and, it is. and and we're you know we're we're upset because the the internet's slow or the cable TV's <laughs> out, you know, and uh, or we're 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 laying down because we're uncomfortable because we ate too much. Right, exactly. You know, think of these problems that we have, and um, it, but it is true that we do have problems, and there, there are different problems. Yes. There, there are mental problems yes. a lot of times, the mental health problems because of the abundance and, and, and all the different things that we have. We, we make problems because yes. we, we, we don't have enough. Right. You know? And there is hunger in America. There is sure. poverty in America. Uh, the difference is there are zero government programs in other countries. I mean, yeah. Donald went yeah. into a refugee camp in Thailand and they said let let me show you our medical clinic and there was nothing on the shelves there wasn't a band-aid there wasn't a piece of gauze there was a couple of mats on the floor this is our hospital clinic it's a place to (laughs) lay and get and stay sick after that uh, visit to that uh, camp 
those people were escaping the genocide of the communist army attack on the tribal people of Cambodia. Um, I got back to my hotel about two o'clock in the morning and was exhausted and sat down on my the floor of the end of my bed and just cried and cried and cried and cried and cried. And couldn't stop. Yeah. And he said something that just flows. But I was in the hospital and Steve, there's nothing. Absolutely nothing. And two people laying on mats dying. No aspirin, no acetamiophen, no Tylenol. Just somebody who was a caregiver that had the compassionate to sit and wait for them to pass. And here's, here's the beauty of it. People around us bring in lovely clothing, jewelry, accessories, beautiful stuff. So many people say to me, Annie, I give you my good stuff because we love what you're doing. And that just makes my heart you know, beam yeah, sure. because they get it, they get it and, yeah. and they, they love it. And, and that's why they support the other stores. And, you know, maybe domestic violence has been your issue and your heart. Then you give to that store, you know, wherever your heart, but we, we wanted to do it for the world yeah. because that's what we saw and that's what right. we witnessed. And that's what, that's where our heart is. But wherever your heart is, you can serve, you can serve somebody. Just do something. Just do something. Right. One of the mission partners that we serve, their name of their organization is Partners Relief and Development. Mm -hmm. And uh, they started in uh, Asia and started when a pastor and his wife who were pastors in Alaska went down and saw what was happening in Cambodia and couldn't leave. They literally could not come home for their annual meeting for their not-for-profit status on their church hmm. and been serving ever since. The U.S. government learned about what they were doing uh, for the good hmm. and invited them to come to the Syria-Iraq situation <clears throat> to help to be a compassionate arm to what those people were facing. And Steve and Ani Gumer and their daughters who have never been in a normal school day in the United States, serving around the world like we're talking about today, join them in Syria and Iraq and Partners Relief and Development was walking behind the 8th uh, Military Armored Division of the U.S. Army as we attacked the tenement buildings where ISIS was held up and holding those people captive. And when the, the Army has to keep moving because they're under attack, so when they free a building, they haven't stopped to take care of those people and minister to them, they're under attack and they've got to keep attacking to make the battle in their favor. Right. Right behind those tanks. There's partners. Yeah. That's Relief right. and development with a bottle of water. Mm. Or a blanket. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, that's. And uh, somebody asked, 
why are you doing that? And that because you're important. They didn't sow the gospel or they didn't sell the gospel or pass out tracts at that time. Oh, yes, they believe in God and yes, they sure. believe in Jesus Christ, but that wasn't what was going on. It was the recognition of those people are worthwhile for a bottle of water. Right. And they helped him to the care uh, of the uh, sleeping blankets that they were going to need on the desert floor because the desert floor gets wet at night. And they found a way to provide these people with uh, mats in the bottom of their sleeping bags so they don't wake up soaking wet in the morning, a bottle of water and a sleeping bag. These are our partners. Partners Relief and <laughs> Development. Well, that's that's something right there that's worthwhile uh, to support in any way. Yeah. Um, I, I just from this this small uh, amount of stories that you're telling, these powerful stories, I understand why you do what you do, and um, it's uh, I, like like I said before, it, people people think that it's not possible. There's just too much to go around, but. You got to just do something. Do something, right. So um, what I wanted to say was, uh, for the audience, this is a local uh, resale shop. Can mm -hmm. you give your address one more time? Yes, we're at uh, 2120 Plum Grove Road in Rolling Meadows in the Plum Grove uh, Strip Mall Center. And we're open Wednesday through Saturday. And we take donations on those days. And we'd love to have you as a customer, as a volunteer, as a donor, um, as a reporter, as anything you want to do to help advance our cause, uh, we we aren't here without all that help, yeah. and we really appreciate it. Yeah, and um, the website is anniesresalefortheworld.org. Yes. Um, and I believe that uh, if they uh, want to contact you, that they can contact you through the site. Is Absolutely, right? yes. And we have a Facebook presence and an Instagram presence as well. Are those links on the site? Uh, yes, Should. I believe they are. Yes. Okay. And uh, yes. it, regardless, I'll, we'll, we'll provide the links in the description below for everybody uh, uh, tuning in. Uh, if you have anything that is you know, in good condition that you mm -hmm. want to donate, um, this is the place to take it. Um, and we give a tax receipt for all donated <laughs> items if you want it. That is important too, <laughs> sure. Um, but, you know, it's a... If if you're gonna if you're gonna be shopping for something, stop in because uh, it is it is a, a trendy thing too. I mean, it's you find great oh deals, God. great items. Mm -hmm. I mean, things that you'll never find anywhere else that aren't being made anymore. Um, and uh, you know, stop by, spend a few bucks for a good cause, get something that uh, you'll you'll love. Um, and um, you know, tell your friends, tell people about what we're what we're talking about here, you know, spread the word as much as you can, because that's how these things get done. And uh, yes. there's plenty of people in need. So the more support, the better, because yes. uh, you, right. you'll have more resources to uh, put into into those people's hands. Absolutely. Um, I wish we had four hours because there's plenty to talk mm -hmm. about more. But unfortunately, uh, we've uh, we've come to the end of our time. Uh, it is a really, really, really uh, huge pleasure to have you guys uh, you know, you. on today. And these stories are, are, are touching. And um, uh, I look forward to hearing more from you. Thank you, Steve. Thank you so much for the opportunity. We hope to see uh, lots of you in our shop. Absolutely. <laughs> well, for everybody. So much. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, there's another one in the books. Uh, click the links. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thank you.